Hello and welcome to Holy Days. I'm Pastor Sean and I'm here with Apostle Freddie. Hey, good to be with you again, Pastor Sean. Uh, excited to, once again to get into the Word of the Lord and into this week's pair shot. So, uh, are we ready to jump in or do we got a, any cover up from last week that we need to uh, just to... We're going to touch on a few things. Um, not right away though. Okay. We'll wait until we go in. So if you haven't watched last week's, I would watch last week's. But we're going to be sliding into a few things, and you don't have to, but there might be a few things I touch on there. Well, we just asked you to get your, your Bible out, <clears throat> get your notepads out, and uh, I just believe today's going to be a good one. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, this broadcast is all about uh, touching as many people as we can, getting the word out there, uh, Christians and Jews alike, and learning everything we can about Yeshua and how that ties in together. And, you know, hopefully you get something out of this. Hopefully you're blessed. And let's dive right in. Yeah, well, once again, just uh, it's maybe somebody's first time viewing. Uh, and what we do, we kind of stay with the daily reading on the a weekly calendar of the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is uh, these scriptures that we're talking about today, this is their focus this week and what they'll be reading and focusing on. And so just kind of bringing it in, uh, just joining um, Jewish culture, beliefs with Christianity today, bringing Old Testament and New Testament together. So that's where we are. Let's, let's see what we've got today. Amen. So we're covering the uh, Parsha Tazria and Metzorah. This is one of the ones that have two together. And Tazriah uh, means she bears seed, and Metzorah means one being diseased. So we're going to cover this. I'm going to jump back and forth on each of these words. So stick with me here. Uh, in this, uh, we talk about physical ailment result, resulting from spiritual causes. So physical ailment resulting from spiritual causes. Yes, I said that right. You did. And uh, many people today struggle with that. Uh, they, they don't believe that... Uh, any physical elements can come spiritually, but we know when we get out of God's will, we know what we know what unforgiveness and uh, bitterness will do to a person, and uh, it it destroys. And so, so now we're going to take something from Scripture to kind of apply that. Yes, and we're going to go on a very specific route today. Um, okay, you'll see when we jump in. But there's a reason why I went this route, uh, because this is what this is actually directly talking about. So let's, let's hop in. Most Bible terms use the term leper or leprosy in these chapters, but some of this isn't directly correct for what we're talking about. And the reason why is if it covered the entire body, mm -hmm. they were considered clean. So you ain't letting nobody leprous near you if it's covering their entire body. Right. So... Just stick with me there. So the infliction is called Zara'at. And it would affect people due to certain sins, specifically speaking evil of someone. That's where this comes in. So remember previous parsha we covered no Lashon Harah. And if you don't remember what that is, you should go back and watch. But anyway, <laughs> no Lashon Harah is a Hebraic phrase, which means speak no evil. Or no evil mouth, directly translated. Uh... It is, you know, sometimes people will believe evil of you just because they see you suffering. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people will believe evil of you just because they see you going through things. And then they're like, well, did you see them over there? Did you see what they're going through? You know, God's obviously mad at them. Uh, or did you see what that was going on with that preacher? He seemed very upset today. <laughs> you know, and just the, this talking, talking. Yeah. You have to be very careful. And, you know, people, uh, instead of confronting people and saying, hey, brother, I see you going through something, uh, they tend to talk. Yeah. <laughs> people sometimes talk, and they talk among themselves and talk, 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 talk. I always had a problem with that because it's, instead of confronting me directly, anytime I had an issue, people, they tend to talk. And I'm like, yeah. just talk to me. But mm -hmm. it's, whenever you're coming across that, uh, this is specifically covering priests and uh, people of that who are talking instead of confronting people or talking to God, they're doing Lashon Hara. They're speaking evil of people without knowing. Hmm. You know, the scripture so. that we read 
life and death in the power of the tongue. Yes. And, uh, you know, there's so much truth to that, that it's our speech, our talk. And uh, we can speak life, not over, not only over our own life, but into a situation, or we can speak death into a situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I do firmly believe that, you know, the speaking evil uh, harms us, does us more good than are more bad than good. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and that goes into always uh, trying to have a positive outlook. And instead, of, so many people are negative today uh, with things that are happening in the world. And uh, in, in a sense, they've just given up uh, in the sense of that. But uh, we, we need to control the tongue and speak life. You, you know, you think about some of these uh, preachers out there who speak, do they, they, they built their career off of speaking evil yeah. of other preachers. Yeah. And um, that, is, that is totally against God's word. And we don't want to come off as sound that we're down in any preachers. No. Uh, we're preachers ourselves. And uh, we know how easy it is to, uh, to talk negative others. But once again, even as, as preachers, men of God, we want to we speak the truth and stand on the truth. And if we have to call out sins that point to us, then so be it. But we must tame the tongue. Yes. And if you, one way I always know if I shouldn't say something, someone comes up, do you see what was going on with them? Oh. Oh, they have that look on their face? Uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm like, no, we're not talking. <laughs> that's it. Because that, that's your sign. That's your sign right there. If, but if people tear you down and, you know, whether it's a preacher, a friend, or who knows what, just smile back and don't say a word. Because if you speaking evil back, you're just doing the same thing. And the mm. devil's the only one that wins. Amen. So uh, that's what this section's covering. This is what this disease comes from. The priests were speaking evil and it was coming upon them. Or other people, members of the church or mm. th these people, they were prominent people and they were speaking evil. And all of a sudden they're breaking out with these diseases. Mm. So... The seed we sow, the thoughts we put into words, life and death and the power of the tongue, as he said. Uh, Zarat is Lashon Hara. It is evil mouth. That's what this disease comes from. Uh, it leads to a curse upon your flesh and rottenness and one's own bones. Hmm. So negative slander speech of any kind can lead to the Zarat sickness. Now, if you think of Philippians 4.9... Whatsoever things are pure, holy, true, if it is virtue or worthy of praise, think on these things. So, you know, when you're dealing with a brother that might be struggling or you're dealing with someone you don't know for sure, think on good things, confront them, talk to them. But it's like, you know, doing this, mm. that's, that's where we get into the dangerous part. Negative speaking leads to death. It's pure versus impure. What did we cover last week? We're talking about good inclination versus evil inclination. Yes. And the episode before it. Yatzer HaRa and Yatzer HaTov. So HaTov is the one for good. Uh, but, you know, that's why we say no Lashon HaRa. If you remember from the earlier episodes, Ra means evil. So mm. it's just covering that, uh, you know, on Torah portion. What, what do childbirth, leprosy, and bodily emotions have in common? Because that's what all this chapter, this section of Parsha teaches. Hmm. All about what's coming out of a person. Yeah. So this is all talking about what's coming out. Uh, that's what defiles a person. Hmm. Remember Jesus was talking about it. It's not what comes into you, but what comes out of you that defiles you. So it's, you, it's metzora. If you break it down, the root word means one who speaks evil. Someone who has uh, this skin disease was one who spoke evil. That's what this is specifically covering about. It is contagious if you were around them and didn't put it out, and it could affect you. It's not just you. It's a physical disease. It's not just that, but it's also a spiritual one. You know, and looking at this chapter of Leviticus, chapter 13, it talks about the skin disease, and it talks about an effective area, and then... It use, starts using words like a serious skin disease. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 
it talks about the, the, the disease that will spread over the whole entire body. Mm-hmm. I know I'm probably getting out, you messed up out of your place. No, no, go ahead. But then it goes even into, now there's boils on the skin. Mm-hmm. So it's, what, why, why are we seeing the progression of the disease? Well, it's some of these things you got to think about. Uh, is it the amount of blaspheming they're doing? Mm-hmm. And the reason why, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but blaspheming another believer is the same as blaspheming God. That's the way he considers it in Scripture. So if we are stepping out and we're talking bad about another believer and putting them down and speaking all this evil, mm-hmm. and, you know, who's listening? Who's listening when we do that? So it sounds like to me that this skin disease or infirmity, if I do a little bit of talking, I might get a little bit. And if I keep on talking, it's going to spread. Mm -hmm. So if I get a little bit, why wouldn't I repent and turn away from it? So he's right on the path there. Because what we're covering is what happened in the Old Testament as a sign of what sin does for us in the New Testament. That's what we're covering right now. Right. That's what all this is about. So if you have that sin, what does it do? You got a little bit, you're doing a little bit, you get a little bit more, you keep yeah. on doing it, it gets worse as you go along. You know, and finally in in sin, we come, the Holy Spirit just finally just lets you stay in your sin because mm-hmm. it will eventually, because, you know, the Holy Spirit is always trying to draw us closer to Jesus Amen. and a place of repentance. But you only can... Uh, rebuke or refuse that for so long. Yes. And then the Holy Spirit's going to withdraw from you. Yes. And uh, so giving them over to a ripple bait mind. That's yeah. what it says. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. So, you know, speaking out against a preacher, you really shouldn't do that. I've seen a lot of people mm-hmm. go down and never recover. Mm-hmm. Speaking out against a fellow believer or things of that nature, these things, you just got to put it to the side. That could be hard sometimes. It could be hard. It's, you know, uh, sometimes when you know for a fact a certain situation, it doesn't give you the right to just to go out and broadcast it. But now sometimes we have to be honest. If a, uh, if a preacher is doing something or preaching something that's false, that's leading people astray, mm-hmm. then there has to be correction. And if if you go to a brother and they don't uh, accept that and it continues to get worse and worse and worse, then you have to call them out. And I've, I've heard some preachers call out others yeah. for their sins and things. And uh, and I can live with that because we we can't lead people astray. Yes. We've got to bring people into the truth and a place to repent and turn. And so, um, you know, not not trying to advocate and push for, let's go uh, bash a bunch of preachers today, but if uh, sometimes if we have to speak the truth, we have to speak the truth. And, you know, that comes into play, too, right here in the next little section. I wrote something a little bit down because it reminded me of something that happens in Revelations. You know, we speak life or death. When Yeshua returns, his word, he speaks as, as his weapon, as a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. The word comes out as a double-edged sword. It's blessing and, power, and cursing and the power of tongue. So out of his mouth comes life and death and judgment in Revelations. So blessings for Israel. Mm-hmm. He destroys the enemy. He does it with the power of his tongue. Right. So it's a, it's a great demonstration. That's what he does. Not what we do. <laughs> That's what he does. We can call people out and say, hey, you ought to repent. And you can confront people who are preaching the wrong thing. You can do all these things. But ultimately, who's the judge? It's, the, it's Jesus. It's the Father. They're the ones that judge. Now, we have to make decisions. We have to stand up for what's right. But he's the one that judges. And we see that in Revelations. Because who stops all these evil in the world? Who stops all these evil armies? He brings them all together in one place. He decides. That's right. So, whenever blood flows out of a person, it represents death. So, when a woman has her menstrual period, she's considered unclean for seven days and then it stops, and she still has to go 14 days to be considered clean. Now, the, ch- the male child is circumcised on the eighth day. We know that. The mother is to wait 33 days if a male child or 66 days for a female. 
Now, seven days initially and then 30 days equals 40 days. Okay? If a female has 14 days and then 66 days, it equals 80 days. So we have a pattern here, and that adds up a certain way. If it's male or female, if it's male, 40 days. If it's female, 80 days. That means she can't go into the temple and can't go into certain things till she's considered clean. So why is that? Why is that? Well, Adam was made in the first week. A rib was taken out, and God made woman in the second week. Okay. So stick with me here. For this reason, the commandment was given to keep in their uncleanness the male for seven days and the woman for 14 days. Now, this is not in your Bible. This is outside of it. Uh, it is in the Dead Sea Scrolls, but it is in the Book of Jubilees, chapter 3, not found in the 66 books of the Bible. Now, after Adam had completed 40 days in the land where he had been created, who, we brought him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and guard it, but his woman they brought in on the 80th day. And after this, she entered into the Garden of Eden. That's Jubilees chapter 3, 8 through 10. Now, that's where you get your parallel for that. So, however God set up things in the beginning and decided this is when you're clean or unclean, this is when you can come in and do, they are honoring it throughout Scripture and things of that nature. So, I'm not telling you to go read all the Dead Sea Scrolls. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you to go read all the Apocrypha. I'm very careful with what I read and what I promote. But... At the same time, there are some things in there that are educational. And it helps us give a uh, understanding or reasoning to why certain things are happening, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so it, it is good for information uh, that we we do look at other resources. But uh, what we do, we'll, we'll try to clarify each time that we're not taking this just from Scripture yeah. sometimes, but we're doing things to help uh, to, to bring understanding and show the timelines. So why mention this at all? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> because the Jewish people teach this. Mm -hmm. They do. This mm -hmm. is in their parsha teaching. So that's why I brought it out. Yeah. But speaking of Adam, he was created as a being of light in Hebrew. And this is something else that they teach too. So the word is or. And now when God made uh, clothes for him to wear, and after they fell, aw, if, after they fell mm -hmm. he used the word or, meaning light. Now, they're spelled two different ways, but they sound the same. In our Bible, when God came down to the garden, he's asking, where are you, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we've all been taught. And they are hiding because they sinned. He used the word ayeka, which is not the best way to ask this. And matter of fact, not the best way to ask it from biblical point standpoint or that time or our day. Probably all of it, because he's not asking it in the way you think. He's using an uncommon word. Okay. That word is not what you should use in that sentence for what he's trying to convey. Mm -hmm. So when God called out, Ayeka, where are you? He was saying, where is your light? Uh, that's <clears throat> so where is your light? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> They're hiding in the bush. They know they've sinned. Something's happened to them physically. Mm -hmm. And the glow of humanity that had the God, image of God is gone. So, <clears throat> excuse me, but that's not really saying God used the wrong word. It would just be the wrong, what we would be expecting mm -hmm. God to ask. Or it's not asking, when we just read the Bible sometimes, we do draw like, you know, where are you? God knows all things. He knew which bush they were hiding behind. But in this sense, he was asking them about their light. Mm -hmm. Okay, very interesting. So, rabbis say 36 hours after they placed in the garden, the light of man disappeared. Say that again. 36 <clears throat> hours after they were placed in the garden, that's both of them together, mm -hmm. the light of man disappeared. That's how long it took, just 36 hours for them to sin. Mm -hmm. Now the reason why they go into that, the numerical value of Ayeka is 36. The word light appears in the Torah 36 times. It only took 36 hours for man to lose God's light in the garden. That's why they say that. We got to be real careful with that because we can offend some women, you know, with this one. So, Well, the thing you have to consider is th this is some of the arguments they have. Was she there when God told them? And then some of them say yes, some of them say no. They argue back and forth. But mm -hmm. in, in, I will say this. 
The garden probably wasn't that big of a place. Mm-hmm. Adam was standing there. Stop defending yourself, man. Yeah. You know, he knew what was going on. He sat there and watched the whole thing and bit the apple too. So, you know, just, yeah. just calm down. <laughs> now, when we close out this age and the rapture occurs and imperfect is made perfect and mortal bones become immortal, the light of God will return within us when we meet Yeshua in the sky. I wrote that because I was thinking about the rapture event. What happens in this age that we're in? At the end of this age, when God calls everyone up back into the sky, they get that or that mm-hmm. light back, mm-hmm. the ayeka. So you've got to think about when mankind was immortal, there was a difference in them. When Adam and Eve fell, they knew it. It wasn't just knowledge. It was something <clears throat> physical that happened to them. You know, Sean, have you ever experienced someone <clears throat> that you they will come into a service or come into a meeting and and you can see the countenance on them mm-hmm. is uh, dark. They're down. They're, there's no joy. There's no light. But after you pray for them or after they receive or hearing the word of God or even in, through worship and praise, but you can see a transformation in their countenance. Has it changed? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had uh, an incident many years ago that uh, uh, prayed with a lady, and uh, she was very troubled, very distraught, um, very, very held by demonic oppression, and um, prayed for. Her. And and this was an unusual circumstance and I was praying praying in the Holy Ghost uh, because no not knowing exactly what to pray but you know at this incident not all times but at this incident I I knew what I was praying in the Holy Spirit uh, not that I could repeat it but I knew that I knew I was communicating with that with her in the spirit and that she knew what I was praying, but after the prayer, after this encounter, and this was, and and, and we don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to debate over it. I know what happened, but um, I turned to look for her, and I couldn't find her. Uh, to only later, she stood to give a testimony, and she was standing right in front of me. But her countenance so much changed that uh, it was just an incredible experience. And we've even had that here in the church. Uh, uh, Pastor mentioned this, uh, a lady uh, Sunday that's in the nursing home. Uh, and uh, I remember when she came into the church. She came on a, on a Friday night service, uh, just depressed, just had no joy, no light. And we prayed and she left with so much joy and so much light that her her husband told her son, "I got to go to that church. I got whatever you got. I want to see it." And so there is a countenance change. Mm. And uh, so you're saying that at the rapture, we're going to all going to receive this new light. There's hidden mysteries in all of this, and I'm not going to get into all of it. Mm. But we're talking about what Adam and Eve had in reflecting God's light. Mm-hmm. Will come back again in that moment. He's going to give us back that light, his light, his image, his way. Because what is everybody trying to do now? You got the government trying to mix DNA, you got mRNA, mm-hmm. you got all these things like CRISPR and all these other things that are trying to mix everything. What's the devil always trying to do? He's never trying to take over everything you are completely. He just needs to get you mixed. Mm-hmm. If I can just get you mixed, if I can just mix up the image of God, that's what it always is. What happened with the giants? What happened with the watchers? What happened with everything with Noah? What happened? Why did God have to wipe? all this out everybody's trying to mix it it's always trying to be mixed if i can just get you to accept this worldly way with your christian doctrine if i can just get you to marry this person that is not a real christian and not doing this if i can just get you to mix enough i can stop you from fulfilling everything you're supposed to do Mm. it's a mixture well and we see that with the world today trying to uh uh take the word of god and mix it with worldly thing. I preached a sermon, uh, you know, his kingdom and the earthly kingdom. Mm-hmm. They do not mix. Yes. And uh, we, we're we trying to live uh, his kingdom in an earthly uh, 
realm. Yeah. And, then, and of course, we live on the earth, but we're trying to live it by the earthly rules, and we have to change. And so there's that mix. They're trying to, and that's, that's the, the society today. Mm -hmm. They're trying to take a little bit. We don't mind that you have a little bit of, of the gospel and teach a little bit, but also embrace this too. Mm -hmm. And so mixing it once again. Yes, that's exactly right. So if I can get you to mix in and say all of these things are okay, you have to accept my way of life, my lifestyle, the way I want it. Mm-hmm. But then you, you can say a little bit here and there. Don't say Jesus. Mm, don't yep. say this. Don't call anything gay wrong. Don't call anything else wrong. You can't, you're not allowed to say those things. Those are bad words. But as long as you do what we tell you, you know, we mix these and mold these together mm. just enough to destroy the gospel message yeah. and take away God's light out of your life. Because what it was it? You know, the, the, the snake's sitting there in the garden. You know, no, you'll be like God. Mm. Knowledge of good and evil, all these things. Let's mix them together. Because think about that. Knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. It's all about mixing it together. Always has been. So if we, when we get away from that and we get back into the ayeka, the God's light, then we know we're on the right path. So it's, uh, you may think about Moses and his face shining because he was going and sitting and spending that much time in his tent outside the camp with God alone writing down the, the first five books of the Bible like a secretary would, spending that time face-to-face -face with God. His face, his countenance glowed. It glowed so bright, he had to wrap his face. So is, we're looking at light, and we're looking at this word, where is your light? What, now, what light did, Mo, did Moses have on him at that time? So this is what I've, I've heard from the rabbis, uh, that in the, scientifically, the way you explain this, when someone's in the presence of God for such a long period of time, it excites the cells in your face and in your body, so they speed up. And when something speeds up, it heats up, it glows. Hmm. Scientifically, they say, yes, this absolutely can happen. So the more time he spent in God's presence, the more excited his cells got, the more he began to glow. So, have you been in that situation where you had a, that glow? Yes, but not quite to the level of Moses. But. You know, uh, testimony of myself, uh, you know, years ago, 30-some uh, years ago, uh, uh, like most marriages, uh, Becky and I, we had some of those marriage issues, but God healed them. And uh, I was in the presence of God. And uh, uh, not, no, I did not see God face to face. I did not even see God. I don't know exactly. Um, ex I can't explain everything that happened in this encounter. But I know that uh, before the Lord touched me, I knew that there was issues and problems in my marriage. And in this encounter with God, in this time of prayer, or actually slain in the spirit for three and a half hours, uh, when I came out of it, I knew God had healed our marriage, and it has been healed to this day, 30-some uh, years later, and I still, it's that encounter. But my wife, she knew God had done something and everything was going to be all right from my countenance, that glow. Uh, the next day, people looked at me and wanted to know, uh, uh, did you shave? You know, like, you know, if Sean were to shave, he'd look totally different. Everybody tried to figure out, what'd you do different from last week to this week? And it was that kind of uh, encounter. But it was, there was just a, uh, a presence, a glow. Uh, and uh, I don't compare myself to, to Moses or anyone else, but I just know that we all, and I've seen it on people. Yes. And uh, uh, we can encounter those, those moments with God. And that's just a testimony. God can change every situation. He can take the darkness of situations, and I don't care what oppression may be on you. He can bring light into your life because he is the light. And we are to be the light of the world. And so we are to let our light shine. So this kind of this makes sense that God is looking mm -hmm. for where is your light with yes. uh, here with Adam and stuff. So very interesting to... Just that one word. If we just don't catch anything today, but the question God asked, uh, where's your light? And uh, that's a question that even today that would make most of us go and hide. Mm -hmm. If God were to encounter us today and he'd look at you and he'd say, uh, 
Uh, Apostle Freddie, where's your light? Where's your light today? You know, some days my light's not where it should be. And it's not shining where it should be. And so that's when we recognize when God, if we will allow God to ask us where our light, that's when we know we got to repent and get back to the place of God. Amen. So. I almost shaved today. (laughs) Just want to point that out. But anyway. Um, you know, and the word ayeka is not the word for light. I just want to point that out. I know I was saying that. Or is the word for light. But yep. they had an aleph, uh, resh, and uh, an aleph and vav resh. And that is the word that uh, describes light that was on the skin of Adam. But when it changed, it was ayin, above resh. Mm-hmm. It was never referred to the same again. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very interesting where God's pointing us, where is your light? And it's, he pointed out, and it's hidden right there, right there in the first couple books. But anyway, I mean in the first book, you know what I'm saying. But skin disease, uh, we're going to get jumped back into that. Okay. We're mm-hmm. going back to chapter 13. Um, it all has to do with skin disease in this chapter. And uh, so seven days separated from among the people if they had a spot or sin spreading negative talk. If... The condition had not spread, then he must remain seven more days, and the Kohen, the priest, will declare him clean. The person would then wash his or her clothes and take a mikvah, the ceremonial bath. We saw a lot of those in Israel. And if the condition worsened, the person had to go before the priest again, and the priest would declare, uh, pronounce unclean because of leprosy or zara'ah. Imagine talking about someone and spreading slander and accusing the people of something when they are not present. Uh, spreading Lashon Hurrah is like spreading leprosy. This is a sin. So uh, chapter 13, 14 through 59, there are the laws concerning the clothing. They must be burned if they have leprosy. Uh, now we'll just go to the next part. I want to point something out. To, uh, people have gone to hell and back. Mm. Literally. Mm. Repented and follow God all usually tell a similar story. Now, I'm going to go to a place that most people, they're not going to be comfortable with this kind of thing, but it, it kind of needs to be said. They speak of holding a rod of mourning while they're down there. And they declare their sorrow and what they're going through. Something that they've all talked. I've noticed that everybody who has died and they were brought back to life, there was one guy in Africa, he told this story. And they were praying and praying and praying for him. He was laying on a slab. He was dead. Mm. He came back. He talked about a rod of mourning. And when they, he raised from the dead, he didn't even realize he was back on earth. So he's like, where is my rod? He kept asking him. And everybody's looking at him like, what's wrong with this guy? So they're praying for him, and they keep praying for him. But he keeps asking, where is my rod? Because mm. he's wanting to complain. Because he, yeah. he thought he was still, you know. So there is a bitterness <laughs> and suffering, and they declare it as they're holding it like a chant mm. over and over and over again while they're down there. So mm-hmm. think about that for a moment. And when a person has leprosy, they wear torn clothes. They had their uh, head shaved clean. They uh, put a covering over the beard. And uh, it's a sign of mourning. And they shall cry unclean, unclean, unclean like a chant. Anytime mm-hmm. anyone comes near them. Like they're mourning. Mm-hmm. Unclean, unclean, unclean. Don't come near me. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's <clears throat> sin leads to death. And which leads a soul to damnation, mourning, and a declaration of shame and sorrows. So we're going to get as real as it gets right here. It does not paint a pleasant picture. No, it doesn't. It's very important, especially when you see a fellow believer, not to spread slander and accusations. If someone has fallen from grace, pick them up and restore them. And don't sit there and talk about it. You may not know all the details you, that you think you know. No Lashon Hurrah, just don't speak evil. That's a Jewish term. So when a believer's struggling, when their countenance has fallen, when they're in all this spiritual attack sometimes, uh, it's important to go and pick them up because is it worth their soul? Because that's the weight of this. Hmm. Let's be honest about that. When someone's struggling, when they're going through all these things, the weight, the battle is for the soul. Do they, do they just get mad? Do they get offended? Everybody starts talking about them. Do they leave church? Do they do all these things? It's the weight and the battle. What's at risk is a soul mm. at the end of the day. 
and it's not worth to see any of them go to hell that we can actually help. How much, <clears throat> how much will we battle for those that are headed in the wrong direction, those that haven't came to a place of repentance? And sometimes I think that um, we, don't, we don't battle. We don't battle enough. There used to be an old saying when uh, uh, praying for someone, we pay, prayed through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, sometimes when you pray through, you pray till you get the answer. You pray till you get the victory. And sometimes that prayer is not a five-minute prayer. It's not a, a half-hour prayer. It could be several hours. Mm-hmm. But the old-timers talked about praying through. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lost term today. Yes, it is. Uh, so uh, that's that's battling for so when you pray through. It's amazing that there's little things we lost. We got away from things that were too legalistic, mm-hmm. but we got away from things that were too spiritual. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some of these print is time frame. Mm-hmm. We got to we're ca- trying to be cautious of our time frame, even with this show. Mm-hmm. We we don't want to overload you. We want to give you a substance. We want to give you something to chew on and think about, but we don't. We want to go hours, which sometimes of these topics we could. But in our church services, we do the same thing. Uh, get them in, get them out, uh, some, in some cases, so we can have the next group. But uh, I think we've got to get back to the concern of the soul, praying through, spending time laboring with someone. Yes. And, uh, you know, I just want to say, if someone, if, if, they, if they're complaining, how do you approach that? Because it'll wear you down. Yes. If someone's always has a dark countenance, every time it's like, oh, not this one again. Mm. You know, what what do you do? You shut them up, put your hand on them, you pray with them, you speak faith, and you mm. walk away. Now, there's you can't handle everything they're going through. I yeah. just want to tell people that. I had a guy, there was a guy in a program, we'll get <clears> off topic over here. I told him repeatedly, do not start talking to this guy Mm -hmm. and do not learn everything that he's been through. Do not try to battle that and take Mm -hmm. on that weight. Do not do that. Because I looked at him and in one second I said, no, yeah, I'm not the one for that. And then this other guy, he was a new believer, new convert. And he's like, well, I'll just go pray for him. I said, stop. He did not listen. Hmm. This guy almost completely lost lost it in the faith. He almost walked away from church forever just for stepping into the from this guy's mess. Mm. And I told him not to. Yeah. Um, he was a real pain for a little bit, but he's, he's a good friend now. But it was, mm. it was so much, this guy was, he got involved in stuff and hearing things that I knew he shouldn't hear because the guy that he was going to minister to used to be in the occult. Mm. And I tried to tell him, you ain't ready for that. I right. wasn't ready for that, and I mm. knew it. Mm. And so I, I took one look at him, and I was like, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. So I let pastors deal with that. And then that guy got better. I was a young man. I was 19. Hmm. So, and this other guy, he was like 20, but he had just come in off of drugs and he's trying, he got touched by the Holy Ghost. He thought he was big and bad. <laughs> and then things didn't turn out quite the way he thought. Yeah. But instead of always trying to figure out the story of someone, sometimes all we got to do is walk up pray, speak faith, and walk away. Because mm-hmm. if they're that down, it's not usually that you'll see an absolute change of countenance. Now, when the Holy Spirit moves on you, leads you what to pray, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. But what, the reason why I'm saying it is sometimes we all deal with things. Sometimes things take us down really far. Mm-hmm. And instead of telling, you know, people will ask, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, I, I don't want to talk about what's wrong. Why don't you pray for me? Mm-hmm. But I don't say that. You know, because I don't want to be rude. And it's the reason why I'm covering you got to come to a place where we are Christian people. We are believers in Yeshua. Speak faith, pray, walk away. That's what you got to do sometimes. Yeah. You know, the other thing is along this line, when you're struggling or going through something, uh, when you've been done wrong, just, you know, that's, that's the bottom line a lot of times. You've been done wrong. Someone's talked about you. Someone's done this or that. Someone betrayed you. Um, you know, one of the things we we can't do is rehearse it. Mm-hmm. That's what the enemy wants you to do because 
every time you rehearse it, it's like having that wound that you just uh, scratch it again. You you just take it and you just pull that scab off and you expose it again. And, and then, you know, you go on, then you start rehearsing it. There you're pulling that scab off again. Uh, and, you know, anytime you do that, it takes longer and longer for anything to heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Uh, don't don't rehearse because the devil can you know he don't even have to fight you that day he just is about you're doing it yourself mm-hmm. you're putting yourself down so um, uh, we all get caught up in that we do we all make that mistake and then sometimes we just like well I just want to be more open and talk to people yeah uh, <laughs> but just pull and I've uh, I've offended uh, several people when they'd come up for prayer uh, they come up for prayer and they want to re- rehearse. And, you know, the whole detail, so I know everything. I don't need to know every detail. Right. You, you're, you're battling, you're hurting, I, I'm, I'm willing to pray. Amen. And uh, so that way we can pray in victory because what happens when you come to someone for, for prayer and you rehearse the whole situation while I'm praying faith, you're still thinking about the hurt. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're, you're missing what's being prayed. So if you come up and say, I really need prayer, and then hopefully that those individuals, you, yourself, my, even me, can hear the, the prayer of faith being prayed. Amen. And if we can hear that, it will, it will make a difference in our life. Amen. 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 Uh, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, and the fruit in the garden. Uh, you had the tree in the midst of the garden, and God said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Uh, think of it this way, the tree of knowledge and all things mix, good and evil. In Buddhism, they teach yin and yang. So the idea is that every good person has some evil and every uh, evil person has some good. That's what they try to teach. Um, you can't give any place to that. Because what, uh, what have we been covering this whole time? What have we been talking about all through all these parashas? Kadosh, be separated, be holy, come out from among them. Bo, mm. the word, come, come out from among them. Be separate from the ways of the world, and but pay attention to what God says of the tree of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Don't even touch it. And you know that's interesting. So, what if she never took a bite? Yeah, where would we be today? Yeah, we can't even imagine. But would we still been in the same situation because she touched it? What if she went and plucked it off the tree, or and because he said, "Don't touch it." What if she just touched it? Now, see, that's a good question because that would have still been disobedience. Right. But if she decided not to eat of it, what would the punishment have been? You know, I understand she touching it and then partaking. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I just never thought, and I just wanted to, I wanted I, to let everybody have, let me think about that today. What if, what if, yeah. you know. So. so, I don't know what God would have done. You know, you know uh, the touching Sometimes is the the temptation. Mm-hmm. It's the you're tempted, you touch, you feel, and uh, you you find out. Well, and this this is partially in our our nature. Uh, well, I didn't die from touching it, so therefore, in our mind, God was wrong. Mm-hmm. So no, so I can go further. Yes, and sometimes we fall into a sin, and uh, you know it could be a lustful nature. Uh, we know that, uh, first of all, you know, uh, a person doesn't meet uh, uh, someone in fallen sin just instantly. But there's an enticement. Mm-hmm. There's there's a, an attraction or look. And then uh, they get to talk. You know, in uh, Psalms 1, it says, uh, talks about the, the progression. The first, you do not you know, walk in the path of the sinners, and then you do not stand. And then the next thing, you know, he's talking about sit in the seat of the scornful. Mm-hmm. And so there's a progression. So the same way we can apply it to the fruit, that first touch, well, nothing happened. So, well, if that didn't happen there and God said it would, I, then I can take the bite. And we have to be careful. Uh, just because God doesn't strike you with one of these plagues, uh, with some kind of sickness when some you first step into something. But that's when you continue in it and go further and further mm-hmm. is when 
And, and that's kind of with Eve here. She went further and further. Yeah. So I know I've really got you off track here. And no, uh, <laughs> not at all. It's, uh, it's, it's very true, everything you just said. You know, it's uh, just taking a nibble mm-hmm. is all it takes to get you where, where exactly where the devil wants you. Mm-hmm. Just come a little bit further. That's the yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. So if you have any sin, let's just get real with it. I've heard Christians tell people porn, self-pleasure isn't wrong because they, uh, they are only doing it to themselves and told unbelievers this. Hmm. I've actually heard them say this. I cannot express you know, how dip- disappointed I was when hmm. I heard that. Because this was a guy telling an unbeliever, he's claiming to be a Christian, man of God, and said it wasn't sin because I'm only doing it to myself. Self-called man of God. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to clarify this term. Absolutely. Because one thing I cannot stand is when people say sin's not sin. Okay. Just get that out of out of the way. If it's sin, it's sin. We all sin. Sin is sin. Fornication includes anything that pleases you before marriage. Mm-hmm. I can't make it any clearer than that. Yeah. Sin. Okay. So anything in your life that you mix evil into good is sin. I'm going to point that out because what does God say about fruit? Don't even touch it. Don't even touch it. So like he was saying, he pointed it right out where he even got there. Don't even touch it. It's, it's some people with, will use these struggles and you have to not fix themselves or apologize. They, they just, they're like, there's no, hey, I've done this. It's wrong. I'm going to excuse it. Never excuse sin. Sin is sin. It is what it is. And then you can come to repentance. Now, it doesn't mean you have to go around broadcasting it. Right. Nobody's saying that. But just don't make an excuse for it. It's, it's not something that should be excused. You never justify sin. Now, speaking of Lashon Haralo, we're going to go back to the other side of that. Okay, so you've got the people who are struggling, and you've got the people who are condemning. Mm. So we're going to go to both sides and kind of cover this a little bit. I'm going to throw out some scriptures here. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Proverbs 21, 23. A dishonest man speaks strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. That's 16, 28. James 1, 26. This is the brother of Jesus. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Mm. Proverbs twenty nineteen. Whoever goes about slandering, revealing secrets, therefore do not associate with a simple blabber. Titus three two. To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courteous courtesy toward all. James uh, four eleven is another one. You got Leviticus nineteen sixteen that covers some of these. Proverbs seventeen nine and nineteen five all cover things on that. I didn't want to go into all of them. Yeah, it's speak no evil. Right. And then on the other side of that, uh, don't justify. Hmm. Don't justify. So don't justify sin. So Miriam is a great example of when to shut up. (laughs) Miriam is stricken with leprosy when she and Aaron are discussing replacing Moses. Hmm. Here's the guy that God has used to do all these things, and they're just not happy with him and start discussing replacing him. And when she speaks this out, you know, the moment she starts speaking this out, the cloud, yeah, gone. The glory's gone all of a sudden. And immediately upon speaking that, when the cloud disappears, she's leprous. Yeah. Now, some people might say, well, she deserved that. But what did Aaron and Moses do? Immediately, they came to their sister and began praying and interceding for her. Hmm. Immediately. See that. There was brotherly love. There was something real there. It wasn't, well, you deserved this and you shouldn't have said it. <laughs> yeah. No. That's, that's t- today's society. So. <laughs> so one of the things about this entire lesson, and no Lashon Hurrah, and knowing when to do things and when not to do things, but it's also forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness. Uh, you got to let things go. So when someone offends you, you don't repeat it. Go talk to God about it, draw close to God, and let it go. Because the only thing you end up doing is mixing good with evil, speaking evil, 
and it just perpetuates. It's like a sickness. Bitterness, the tree that represents mm. it, sycamine, its roots are deeper than the tree. Mm. Yeah. The roots of bitterness are deeper than mm. any other tree. You got to get away from that. Um, I'm going to go into something. I wasn't sure if I was going to or not, but I'm going to go into something really fast. Let's see which, how much. Okay. So I knew a preacher back in the day. Mm. And he it was a group of all young guys. We were there. And he decided to ask a question. And the question had to do something that was sensitive. And he was asking anybody who was involved in it or anybody who ever wrestled with it. And I remember I'm sitting there and I'm like, I ain't telling you nothing. And there was a reason for it. Uh, some of the other guys did. I just left my head bowed. And everybody had bowed their head. And I left it bowed and I didn't even move. And then afterwards, they're like, well, Sean, did you raise your hand? I was like, No. And they're like, well, why not? And all of a sudden, they're scared. Well, what, 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 what you know, and all that. So, because the man goes home and tells his wife everything. Hmm. I was like, that's why. And so he called me into his office. And he's like, Sean, why did you tell everyone that? I said, Pastor, you go home and tell your wife everything. And you asked a sensitive question. Your wife tells her best friend. Her best friend tells her friend. And I've watched, sat here and watched this happen. Until you repent of that, until you keep that between me and you, I ain't telling you nothing. Mm. And I was, I was brutally honest back then. Mm. And he didn't know what to say. He just kind of stared at me. And I got up and walked out of the office. Not a word was said. So it's, there are some things that are sensitive. Mm. And you can't just go around telling everybody. Right. But people will ask that question. And then they'll just go and reveal everything. I'm like, why are you telling everything? Some things are sensitive. You'll never get the trust of some people if you're always talking. No Lashon hurrah. Mm. No saying, well, they dealt with that. Oh, I knew about that sin they had struggled with. Mm. It's, you know, I've seen situations like this. Um, uh, there, there's some things there's uh, that maybe God will do in your life, deliver you from something. Uh, it's not, uh, and that, a lot of people want to give a testimony. And they'll jump up and they'll give a testimony of such as that. And instantly people start having a different opinion of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so even some testimonies are not a testimony to be given in public. It's, it may be for a testimony in a private group or one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one or something of that nature. But uh, no, not everything needs to be broadcasted. There's a reason why we have men's ministries and women's ministries. That's today. true. <laughs> That's true. But uh, so now we'll get into the section where the purification of the leper. I know we're running a little long, but we'll get right through it. Um, unclean must dwell outside the camp for seven days. In Leviticus 8, uh, 35, the priest, uh, he uh, shall you abide at the door of the tabernacle day and night, seven days. Remember that? Mm -hmm. So the priest abides at the tabernacle <coughs> seven days. The uh, leper must be outside the camp seven days. Now, if you com start comparing these two, what happens with the leper and what happens with the priest, they parallel all the way through. Now, I won't get into all of that, but each step, hmm. they parallel back and forth. So, um, so the priest is consecrated seven days and dwells in the tabernacle. Tabernacle, No negativity, no evil speak, total consecration under God. The clothes of the leper are burned. The priest would take two turtle doves and two pigeons for sacrifice on behalf of those whose healing had been confirmed. These were not taken into the tabernacle. This is a special circumstance. Nor were they allowed to be placed on the altar. So that's Leviticus 14, 22, 23, and 30. Those who would be made clean would know it was God alone who heals and cleanses. Our priest who provides the sacrifice, the Lord himself will provide. You know? mm -hmm. One bird was killed in the open vessel over running water and uh, using a cedar and hyssop. Its blood was sprinkled upon the second bird, which had a scarlet thread around the leg. The bird was then set free, and this points all to the cross. Remember, mm -hmm. I thirst. So yeah. they whipped hyssop they yes. whipped and vinegar. Yes. And, yeah. Okay. This whole thing points to Jesus. So one bird uh, died for the other, hyssop and uh, blood sprinkled on the other bird, the blood of Christ. The water being poured out on the bird is like the baptism. 
like a mikvah, a cleansing. So uh, the earthen vessel caught the blood and the water. You remember Jesus standing yep. aside? You got Mary kind of mm -hmm. catching the blood. Everything's paralleling to that moment because it's he who heals. He's mm -hmm. the one that paid for it. And it's not the priest that healed. The priest would walk up and check to see if they're healed. Right. It's God who heals. So um, the scarlet thread represents the leper's sinfulness and the blood of Christ. So they tie that to there. Let the bird go. Uh, Though your sins be as scarlet, they will soon become white as snow. That's Isaiah 118. Uh, they sprinkle the blood on the living bird seven times and shall announce him clean and shall let the living bird loose into the open field. It flies away. And thus the former leper could return home, the bird flying off as a symbol as freedom from sin. Uh, imagine going through this and hearing the words, you are clean. Mm. So yeah. it's the same as for us today when a new believer comes in and realizes all the evil I've done has been forgiven. I'm saved. saved. Yeah. I'm saved. You are clean. That's new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. It's, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. You know, when we read these and we see these parallels to Jesus Christ. Now, it's the Jewish people that read these and study this, uh, many today still not believe, do, do not believe in Jesus the Messiah yet. Mm -hmm. But they have all of these parallels. And it, uh, if they do or would take the comparisons and look at, oh, well, this is, yeah, I, I read that story. Where did I read that story? And they read it throughout history over and over again. And then when they, they can identify that this is Jesus, that everything points to, mm -hmm. and that we see the fulfillment in, it changes lives. Amen. And it, it does. Uh, you know, a lot of the Jewish people that uh, don't believe, they don't believe because they've not been taught these things. Mm -hmm. Now, some of your ones that are higher up know the New Testament. They've read it, and they've still denied. But if they read through Isaiah, they spend their time trying to say, this isn't God. Mm -hmm. He's not the Son of God. But they have a hard time because Isaiah points directly to him. Leviticus points to him. You know, all these books of the Bible end up pointing to him in some way. And he fulfilled everything he was supposed to in his first coming. His second coming, he fulfills the rest. Amen. They're all looking for him to set up his kingdom when he came the first time. That's not what he came for the first time. Hmm. He fulfilled the other prophecies first. The second time, he comes and fulfills the rest. So we don't have time to go into all that. But um, on the eighth day after the ceremony outside the camp, the person presented himself to the priest at the tabernacle and was welcomed back into the communion with God. So he was able to go back into the temple. Uh, just, we tried to get to that part. But it's uh, Zara'at would even spread to clothing and walls. Walls in the home. It would mm -hmm. start having mold all over the walls in the home. See, this is different than just leprosy. Yeah. This was such a bad skin disease and sickness because that's what sin is. It spreads even into the home, into mm -hmm. the walls of your home, all of that. So they would go in and cleanse it. They would cleanse it again and again and again. And if it still had problems, they would tear it down. Mm. If you couldn't get rid of the mold in the house, they would tear it down. To me, that's a sign of, hey, the sin isn't really gone. Yeah. So, you know... <clears throat> Now, we're thinking about just spreading to the house. It's the same thing with, uh, we talked about life and death and power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we speak things that would cause us personally, but it affects our children. Mm -hmm. And it affects our whole household. And uh, our whole household can be negative. And we can bring, we can destroy a whole, whole family, a whole household. So it's very, very important that we watch what we say, we uh, repent, uh, and we're you can't say, you can't say, well, it's only affecting me. It's, it's really not. It's affecting those around us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sin affects everyone, but God's the one that heals. So if you're dealing with someone in your family and there's no reasoning with them, and you know you've gone beyond that point, uh, everything out of your mouth should only be 
And this is my advice on that, what the Holy Spirit tells you to say. Because it's at that point where only God can reach them. So the more we argue, it's like going outside and just digging it deeper. Yeah. Mm. There are times when you only say what the Holy Spirit tells you to say. And I know that's hard. Mm. That is hard. That's not easy. No one said that. So, <laughs> But uh, Rabbi Isaac said it this way. Speak no evil uh, one of another, brethren. He that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the Torah and judges the Torah. And if you judge the Torah, you are not a doer of the Torah, but a judge. Mm. So James was covering that. Uh, and... Just for the record, so people know this, uh, James in the Bible is not really James. It's uh, Jacob, the book, uh, and all of that. So the, the guy in the New Testament that they call James, his name is actually Jacob. But anyway, uh, in churches and communities days, people will a lot of times judge or look for some sin when someone is struggling instead of being like the Good Samaritan. So it's instead of speaking life into you, I'm just going to avoid that or they're that or they're too small or I can't help them or there's some of these things that go on. So the takeaway from this is wherever you stand, are you, you think you're righteous or you know you're in sin, but you, everybody's looking at each other like, well, you suck and you suck. I'm just going to put yeah. it that way. There's just plain English on it. Um, that's not godly behavior from either side. Amen. So it's all about bringing it all under subjection to God because at the end of the day, who heals? It's God who heals. We're the messenger and the person in sin needs to hear a message from God, not necessarily us. So I brought all that out in this lesson so people would understand because I know there's been a lot of stress lately. There's been a lot of attacks. There's been a lot of uh, mental pressure lately. And when you're going through those things, it's important for both sides Wherever they are, no Lashon Hurrah. Just don't speak evil. You'll get through it. You'll make it. And you know what, Apostle? I wanted you to do this at the end of our show. I want you to pray for people who are struggling in their mind to overcome. Amen. Amen. You know, the battlefield of the mind, uh, you got to take captive the thoughts. And uh, you got to, you mentioned the scripture there in Philippians 4, uh, to meditate. Uh, I think it's verse 8 and 9 in there. Meditate on these things, uh, things that are pure, things that are holy. And that's, you know, I, I can pray. And, and God will honor the prayer. But you've got to agree with me in prayer. And you've got to change what you think on. So uh, Philippians 4, uh, 8, uh, whatever thoughts are pure, whatever thoughts are lovely, Meditate on these things. In other words, like I said, quit rehearsing the hurt. Quit rehearsing the negative and begin to focus upon it. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I thank you that you've given us this opportunity to teach this word, to uh, to share with people, Lord Father. And Lord, we know that there are, there are those that have been wounded and hurt, discouraged, Lord Father God. And Lord Father God, uh, unjustly accused and wrong. But Lord Father, I pray today that uh, you will uh, uh, cause them to rise above the situation. You will cause them to be better than those that have uh, just tried to destroy them and put them down. But Lord Father, that, they, that you would give us good thoughts, that we would think and meditate upon the goodness that you've done. Lord, I thank you for my salvation and Lord, for delivering me out of, out of the darkness. And Lord, I thank you for doing that today for the individual that's watching. Lord Father, I speak peace over their mind today. Lord, I, I speak that their eyes would uh, be open to see a, a brighter future and hope in you, Lord Father God. So Lord, uh, cause them to call out to you today for help in their situation. And Lord, help us all to tame the tongue that Lord Father God, that we wouldn't uh, lash out in bitterness uh, Lord, Father God, that through you bring healing to all people today. So I speak your peace over your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to, I'm going to 
speak a prayer myself. So, Father God, we just come uh, right now in this moment, and we agree that these things that have attacked the, any kind of demonic oppression, any oppression of any kind, right now, breaking off of them in Jesus' name. No negative thinking, no more of this uh, sinful thinking, no more uh, hurts, no more wounds. I pray a total restoration yes. over them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. May the Holy Spirit just dwell among you and heal you. You know, the Bible says he, he is close to the brokenhearted. If you're brokenhearted today, he's close to you. So I just pray in Jesus' name, feel the love of God today and be restored in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Great word today. Great teaching. And we hope that you've enjoyed it. And check out all of our podcasts on Holy Days. And uh, you can go back and look at other things. Uh, You can reach out to us. There's information on there. You can support us if there's information on there. So God bless. Uh, Sean, until next week. Until next week. God all high. Amen. God bless you and God be with you.